KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Big 12 football media days continue today from Dallas as Iowa State takes the podium. Full coverage and updates from Chris Williams, live from Big D all day long on KXNO. The Cyclones have picked up another commitment on the recruiting trail as Illinois defensive tackle Willis Singleton pledges to ISU. Singleton picked the Cyclones over offers from Illinois, Michigan State, Louisville, Missouri, and Cincinnati. It's the 16th commitment for Iowa State as they moved to 35th in the national rankings for recruiting. The Cubs and Royals got together for a trade as Chicago sends left-hander Mike Montgomery to KC for catcher Martin Maldonado. Maldonado is considered one of the best defensive catchers in the game and takes over for Wilson Contreras, who has hit the 10-day IL. The Cubs last night on the short side of a 6-3 decision against Cincinnati. They maintain a two-and-a-half game lead over the Brewers after Milwaukee falls 4-2 to Atlanta. The Cardinals with a win last night 7 nothing as they're now only two back in the division as Tyler O'Neill goes deep twice. And O'Neill hits one out to center. Marte back at the wall. Goodbye. Two run homer. Tyler O'Neill. In the air again. Deep center. He's done it again. Two run shot. Tyler O'Neill. Into center field. The call from Fox Sports Midwest. High school baseball scoreboard from last night. Number one, Johnston. Over third-ranked Southeast Polk, 11-0. Ankeny Centennial and Mason City split a pair. The Ankeny Hawks sweep their way past Hoover. Dowling with two wins over Des Moines North. Urbandale sweeps Satumwa. And sixth-ranked Waukee with a pair of wins over fifth-ranked Roosevelt. And girls softball regional finals tonight in Class 5A. Number one, Waukee hosts Sioux City North. West Des Moines Valley at home for Hoover. Ankeny is in for Dodge. 12th ranked Southeast Polk at Indianola. And Johnston hosts Pleasant Valley. All with a right to go to state. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios. You'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, hour number two. Welcome back. Miller and Condon take you up until noon. Murph and Andy today at two. Fanatics at four. Uh, Chris Williams, one of those fanatics, is going to be with us at about 1125. Look forward to that. Randy Wayho for a couple of minutes away. I uh, want to give a shout out to our Big Ten Media Day sponsor, Trent Condon, mm-hmm. Thunderhead Sports Bar and Grill in Ankeny. And then the new one, uh, the Three Sons uh, Bar and Grill. And you didn't you tell me you stopped by there at the old, the original Legends the original, location, yeah. right? Yeah. Ashworth. Uh, so right up the road from where I live. Mm-hmm. Might have to be a new destination for the old man. Well, I need to get away from home. Can from you walk home? Uh, uh, probably an Uber. Still an Uber. But not too far away. Uh, so thank you to uh, Three Sons uh, Bar and Grill and uh, Thunderhead Sports Bar and Grill as they will send Trent and I to Chicago. Well, we were going regardless, Move but right. we yeah. appreciate the fact that uh, they've come on board with this. Uh, our coverage starts on Thursday. The Hawks get there on Friday, and we have done everything that we can in advance to ensure that we will get a player or two. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the head football coach himself will stop by with us for a while. At the, at the very least, I anticipate we'll have his 
opening press conference audio, yes. right, available. Yeah. Uh, as Trent and I is there Thursday uh, and Friday. So we never spoke about the Mike Montgomery trade. We'll have Cappy tomorrow. Of course, Mike Montgomery, a part of the championship team. From 2016, he was on the mound when the final out was recorded, and I'll never forget the smile on Chris Bryant's face <laughs> as he fielded the ball. Uh, the ball goes into his glove knowing he's going to make this throw to his buddy at first base, and the, uh, the streak is going to be over and the curse is going to be lifted. Uh, but Mike Montgomery, who wants to start, and apparently he sought a trade at the beginning of the season. They, uh, uh, For whatever reason, they didn't want to accommodate him, but they did yesterday. Uh, as um, you know, there was a Wilson Contreras gets injured and a need for another catcher, so they reach out and they grab Maldonado, who, to me, Trent, was I remember his year this year for wearing a tie <laughs> right. in the Kansas City game. What what was behind that? Father's Day. That's what it was. It was okay. Father's Day, so they were all wearing some baby blues and things like that. Of course, the Royals, they can get away with that pretty easily <laughs> right. with their color scheme and some of the throwbacks that they have. But, yeah, had a, a literal tie. He did. On his chest protector. Mm-hmm. We came in Monday and we both said, did you see that? <laughs> what was he doing? I guess an homage to his dad? It must have been. I, I don't know. Now I, he's a cubby. Now he's a cubby. Uh, he can't hit worth a lick. No. But he's a pretty good defensive catcher. I mean, he got a little bit of pop in his bat. Sure. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't think... That that was, you know, if we were to talk about this yesterday morning prior to finding out that Contreras is going to the uh, injured list, it wouldn't have been an area of need because I thought they were in great shape with Contreras. And, and look, Caratini's a good backup catcher. Yes, I think he's, yeah. you think he's, now again, notwithstanding that play last night, wins were tricky. What could have been, but I think he's done a pretty nice job when he's been called upon this year. And uh, he seemingly was uh, going to be asked to catch more during the second half of the season. We know that's the case now. Wilson Contreras, it's a, Ink or a foot injury on the arch of his foot. They say it's ten days. I don't know that that one struck me as odd that you go out this quickly to make a move. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fine. He'll be back in ten days. Then does it really necessitate? Well, a and move the kid like that this? they down, had down here when Caratini got hurt, right? Taylor Davis. Yeah, yeah. And he had a big home run. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went outside the organization, so we will see. All right, Randy Wayhofer coming up here uh, momentarily. Uh, the Cubs, of course, back in action tonight. Cincinnati last night. Boy, this Castillo. Uh, Ten strikeouts again. Kind of maybe, I didn't say, he didn't get lucky uh, to pick up the win, but he left um, uh, trailing by a run in Cincinnati's uh, top half of the inning. They put a bunch of runs up on the board, making it uh, um, him eligible for the win. And the bullpen held together. Iglesias gets a just shy of a, a two-inning save. What did he face? I think he faced five Cubs uh, and was able to close the door there. Cishek comes in, for takes Hendricks' place, and promptly, I think it was the first pitch he saw, that ball got parked uh, into the outfield. Uh, let's get Randy Wayhofer in here. Lots to catch up with with Randy. Randy, Trent, and Ken, we're going to miss you on Thursday, Randy Wayhofer. So we thought, you know what? Let's talk a little I Cubs baseball with you here today since we'll miss you on Thursday. How you been? I'm fine. How are you guys? We're doing okay. Uh, doing okay. And so were the Cubs, at least we thought, the big Cubs coming out of the break. But, uh, uh, you know, last night the defensive lapses caught up with them again, at least in that game. We'll see how tonight uh, goes. But, you know, I want to, a couple of things. Apparently, by, you know, listening to uh, Tommy Birch, who covers the team, and you guys, the stuff that you put out on Twitter, Ian Happ, fair to say, Randy, playing his baseball of the uh, best baseball of the season right now? Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, I've been kind of waiting for him to get hot at some point. 
Uh, you know, Theo Epstein has talked about, you know, guys show that they're ready to move when they dominate the level that they're at. Uh, and if you dominate in the big leagues, you make all-star teams and lots of money and, and all those good things. But from a development standpoint, you know, he uses that word dominate quite a bit. And while Ian has been a good player for us this year, an important player in a first-place team, uh, the numbers uh, speak for themselves, and, and just watching he hasn't necessarily dominated the action. But certainly last night with a couple of home runs and uh, throwing a guy out at second base on a ball off the wall, trying to stretch a single into a double, and uh, it, it looks like he has made some sort of adjustment or has just kind of found that stride that we've been waiting for him to hit that we didn't think he'd still be here in July. So, um, you know, that that – that's important because, you know, this is coming up to probably the most important time of the year other than September uh, is when teams have to make their decisions about what they're going to do mm-hmm. leading into July 31st and what part of the plan are you in? Uh, are you in the part that helps them get other parts or are you going to play a role for the team down the stretch? And uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be very important and for his sake and the Cubs' sake uh, and the talent he has, you, you hope that he's playing his way back into an important role with the team. So, as you know, Randy, I'm always rooting for the Iowan here. Colin Ray, is he going to get a shot, be it a spot start, something getting called up there? What is the latest that you're hearing about Colin Ray and making a move up to the big league? He was great yesterday. Yes. Uh, He's been really good all year. Uh, He was our lone all-star representative and struck out two in a scoreless inning against the best of the International League. Um, I really thought when... Uh, Hamels went down that that might be his opportunity and they haven't done it. Um, now I don't know, you know, sometimes there's no lines to read between. Sometimes there are. Um, I, my suspicion is, is that the Hamels injury wasn't serious enough to make the 40 man roster move when they had the ability to shuffle things around with the all-star break, uh, that, that wasn't the right time because Hamels was going to come back quickly enough. And then you don't have a spot for him and somebody has got to get designated. Right. Uh, so I'm thinking uh, the business of baseball wise that he seemed to be the clear cut guy to get that start. Um, but because of the, the roster machinations there, um, it wasn't the right time to do that because it would be temporary. Uh, you know, so looking at uh, how they clear the deck, you know, the trade of Montgomery is interesting uh, last night, uh, late last night, early this morning. So now that clears another guy who'd be in the mix to be a starter if somebody else were to go down. Uh, you know, as Tyler Chatwood seemed to earn himself mm. the spot to get those starts earlier in the season, uh, is he the guy? I'm not. Convinced. Uh, so now as you start seeing some more cards get laid out on the table, I like the position he's in even better uh, if you're rooting for the Iowa guy from that perspective. And, and certainly I got nobody to root against uh, in, in this. So, um, I, 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 you know, it is a very interesting case because he's certainly got pedigree. He's shown that he's healthy. He was a big league pitcher, a first-round pick once upon a time in his career. Maybe his stuff is a little bit shorter than it was before the injuries. I never really saw him pitch before he was hurt, but he's – He's a veteran, and he knows what he's doing, and, and he, he he does all the right things. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see how he would fare if given the shot. 
Uh, and is it all, Randy, just to, to, to um, finish up on this, Ray's not on the 40-man, and Alec Mills, who will start tonight, is? Is that it? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So, and, and Mills has options left. Okay. make this one start and come back to us with no repercussions of being on the waiver wire or, or uh, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, I think Collins probably out of options based on his pedigree. So once he gets added to the 40-man roster, in order to go down again, he'd have to go through waivers. Um, you know, so that that's where it gets more complicated. Uh, so what uh, Alex Mills who starts uh, will start tonight? As we just mentioned, what kind of season has uh, he da- had down here in the uh, PCL? Yeah, he's been good too. I mean, it's uh, and there, he's probably been our, our second best pitcher. He was uh, slow to start the year. He's had some injury issues in his in his own right. Uh, you know, but he and he and Ray are are kind of similar, um, different stuff, different kind of pitchers. Mills used kind of a a slower sweeping breaking ball. They got different uh, tools to work with out of the mound, but in terms of status and maturity and and just uh, overall pitchability, that they're they're similar. And Mills had a couple of good games in the big leagues with Chicago last year, and that matters uh, from a trust factor from Joe Madden from the front office. Uh, and all those kinds of things. So, uh, you know, Mills is six and two for us this year. Uh, ERA is a little bit higher, uh, but he's not a guy that walks a lot. He'll give up some hits, uh, you know, but, um, he has every opportunity to do well for the, for the club tonight too. So, um, you know, that's the right kind of position to be in. I, I think the casual fan or, or the, the national sports talk media, uh, folks, you know, if you don't have a big name, you can't possibly be good because they haven't taken the time to pay attention to who any of these guys are. Um, you know, there there's some interchangeable parts here. Alzale got the big splash, but he's kind of more all or nothing. We saw the all and nothing uh, in the little bit of time that he had with Chicago. Ray and Mills are going to be more in the middle uh, of of that, given the opportunity. And uh, you know, hopefully, it's on a day. You know, if, if it's hot and the wind's blowing out of Wrigley, everybody has a chance to look bad. Uh, on a particular day too so um you know it's an interesting matchup with that cincinnati club they got some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark so uh mills had have his work cut out for him today but hopefully that that breaking ball's on and he lives on the corners and, and has a good start opportunities randy and he certainly did down here in robel garcia who's given his opportunity uh up in the uh uh with with the big club uh, Put in the game last night, a big spot, bases loaded, got to a three-two count before uh, he was he was struck out. But you know what? That that at bat aside, he's been really good since he's been up there. And you know he was good down here when 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 this team came to Des Moines back in April. I'm guessing there was not a lot of people that thought, well, here's a guy who's really got a chance to succeed, get through here, be here for a while. But once he gets to Chicago, look out, Garcia taking advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he started the year at Double A. He's been in Italy the last few years, uh, which is the path never traveled. Essentially, not right. the path less traveled. Um, I, I'm I'm interested to see how he does, uh, and and see how he avoids becoming the next Eris Mendy Alcantara, uh, because on paper they're very similar guys: switch hitters, power from both sides, middle infielders, good athletes. Uh, you know, same background, coming out of the Dominican Republic. And Alcantara was a world beater here, uh, you know, next to Baez and Solaire in batting practice. He hit the ball just as far, led the league in triples and did wonderful things here. 
never figured out how to hit a changeup. And when he went to the big leagues, he got nothing but changeups. Uh, and and has now found himself in in Mexico trying to hang on to a baseball career and may or may never get another shot. So what's going to be the difference for Robel Garcia? And once the book gets out on him in the big leagues, where's the hole in his swing? Um, and can he fix it if they find it? Uh, I haven't seen enough of them to know what that Achilles heel may or may not be. Everybody's got one. Uh, how how consistently can the pitchers put it there? Uh, or not is is always the challenge. You know the that three two pitch he struck out on last night was an all star changeup. Nasty, yeah. best pitcher. Uh, not many guys uh, hit that pitch uh, and or do anything effective with it. So um, you know that will be the test for him. Uh, is in this video age, I am convinced that it is easier than ever to get off to a fast start because you have all sorts of information on all the other guys, and they don't know anything about you. And we're in a generation where all of these guys rely so much on that video and that scouting report to know what they need to do. I think I think some guys get a little bit flabbergasted by not having enough information. So I think it's easier than ever, if you're a good player, to get off to a good start. And then the real test... Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Best is once profit organization. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back as we continue on Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO. We go next to Big D, Dallas, and Chris Williams is there. You'll hear him this afternoon on the Sports Fanatics. Matt Campbell, he'll be in front of the uh, press here today along with the four Iowa State players. How's things down south? Not bad, man. Not bad. It's been um, it's a fun little league this year. I mean, I I think it's really interesting when you infuse, you know, four new coaches in a 10-team league and locally. I mean, Iowa State has more national expectations, I think, this year than probably any year in school history. So, I, you know, it's been a really it's been a really interesting and kind of a fun event to cover this year. It's been a good time. It has. We get to see the first press release of a depth chart uh, for the season. Not a whole lot in spring, of course. You're working your way through. I think you have a pretty good idea of how it looks. But any surprises when you got your first official peek at a depth chart here today? Not really. I mean, I think offensively you knew going into it that there were going to be competitions at certain spots, specifically running backs. I'm not surprised that Campbell's going to make a guy like LaMichael Petway, a wide receiver, earnest first string spot. That, that That's just – it's pretty typical – um, the way Matt Campbell <laughs> does stuff. And so th- that stuff was, you knew what the offensive line was going to look like. You knew what quarterback was going to look like. You knew what tight end was going to look like. And on defense, I mean, they're, they're pretty much set. Um, the one thing that kind of stood out to me is the, the Bickman kid who transferred from Rice as a grad transfer. It looks like he's going to push Braxton Lewis in strong safety and they'll have an open competition there. But yeah, I think that it was generally a really uneventful, depth chart reveal 
and that's a good thing, right? I mean, been here so many times, and you just you have no idea what that piece of paper is going to look like when you get it, and that's generally uh, when you have the fewer questions you have going into fall camp, um, the better, and that's that's how I would describe Iowa State this year. Five deep at the running back position. Not only do you have the, the guys that are returning, Crony, Lang, and Nwangu, but the two freshmen already on there, and Brees Hall and Jareel Brock. I guess I was a little bit surprised by that, guys that haven't officially been part of a camp even yet, though there's been some spring practice, uh, early entry there, but still a, a bit of a surprise seeing those two guys also listed already on the depth chart. Yeah, I understand, I understand that. Um, I do think it's a pretty clear indication, though, Trent, that's the talent level of those two. I, I think that they are talent upgrades compared to the three in front of them, and I, I think the three in front of them are all guys who um, Iowa State could probably win with. Um, they're not dynamic, though. Uh, Crony's just a really solid back. He's the best blocker of the five. Um, Nwangu's probably the most explosive and maybe the fastest straight-line guy on the roster. And then Johnny Lang is just a, a talent that we haven't we haven't seen a lot of, but we've, we've certainly heard about. I know they like it. But I, I think that Hall and Brock are two – I mean, I think they're, they're legitimate upgrades – at the spot, and it's going to depend. And I, I think Campbell knows that, but I think it'll depend on their growth. Matt is so, he's such a Bill Belichick disciple, you know. He's going to go with what's comfortable and, and trust. He's not going to put the flashy guy out there just because he, he might be the fastest or he might have the most potential. He's going to go with who he trusts. And I think if those two freshmen can earn that trust, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a David Montgomery situation from his freshman year. If you remember, you know, Mike Warren started that season, and then those guys, um, Montgomery, you know, earned his way into the starting lineup by showing you know, he can handle the blocking schemes. He could he could do all the little things. And I think if Hall and, you know, I've heard Brock has been awesome this summer. I think that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him a little bit because of Brees Hall. He's a little higher rated but I, from what I understand, Jarrell Brock is, is right there. And I, I think that they've got two really special guys in Holland Brock. So keep an eye on it. And it, it again, it, it'll, with, with Matt Campbell, it's going to be more how are they picking up on the little things? How are they competing in practice? That sort of thing is what would earn their way into the starting lineup. Chris Williams joining us here on Miller and Condon. You can hear Chris coming up for today, full coverage from Big 12 Football Media Day. So yesterday, Normally an Iowa State day for it seems like every year they went year game number or day number one, excuse me. Instead, they go on the second day. So what was it like for you? And, and just overall, the tenor of Big 12 media days, you've been to a number of these now throughout the years. What was yeah. different about this year? It's, you know, it's just different because in the past, you, you're kind of covering a program where there's a ton of local love, obviously, with Cyclone Fanatic, the website, and we do here on cakes you know there's so much interest in iowa state but when you get to dallas they're just kind of an afterthought um and they're just not right now i mean this afternoon on on fanatics you'll hear um i did segments and interviews with joel Klatt from fox and bruce feldman from fox and the athletic and and we we talk in depth about this just about campbell's a superstar you know Klatt went as far and to call him a top 10 coach in college football if you look at what he's done and where he's done it. And that's just so, you know, I, I've told this story before, and I, I don't want to belittle him because I, I really like and respect Paul Rhodes, but there was a time I remember being down at one of these things, and there was, like, no 
literally no media was talking to Coach Rhodes at the time, and I just went over and kind of stood by him, and it was great for me because I got a lot of one-on-one time with him. But, like, that, that's just simply not going to be the case today. He's going to be, you know, Tom Herman will be here uh, later on today, and, you know, I some people think they're a legitimate national title contender. I don't think I'd put them there, but I did pick them to win the league. Um and, and Herman's always interesting. He's going to say a lot. So he'll probably get the most attention. But after that, I mean, Matt Campbell's the guy. And that's just, it's it's really uncharted waters for Iowa State. And it's just cool. Like, I, I'm, I'm more than anything, Trent. I'm just, I'm happy for Iowa State fans. They've, and, and granted, this, they may not finish third in the league. Maybe there's a drop back this year. I don't know. But Iowa State fans have been patient for a really long yeah. time to have like legitimate preseason expectations. And last year, I think that we all thought, like, okay, this is a team that could sneak up to eight and four. They could be pretty good. But nationally, nobody was buying that. And this year, I almost feel like there's more expectations nationally than there are locally, which is really a, just a testament to the head coach. Do, in a quiet moment this summer, has it ever concerned you with, with these expectations? Something that, as you mentioned, certainly in either of our lives, we have not seen these kind of expectations, doesn't feel like, for an Iowa State football team. The margin of error, it's razor thin. couple of injuries, the wrong guy gets knocked out, whatever it may be, and things go the other way. Does, does it ever conter- concern you this summer? Well, what concerns me more than that, because I think, I think the middle of Iowa State's roster is stronger than it's ever been, which means I think it's deeper, and I think that they... You know, and that Brock Purdy gets knocked out, it's a different conversation. But I think they can go too deep across the board and be pretty okay. What concerns me about what you're um, asking, I just look at, like, Gundy's team, Patterson's team, even to a lesser extent, Baylor. I like Baylor's schedule more than I like, like, its roster. But, like, I'm looking at Oklahoma State and TCU, and I think two really strong coaches, and they were both down last year. You know that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be good this year. Um, but I could, I, could, I could paint a scenario, Trent, where TCU and Oklahoma State have real legitimate bounce-back years, which moves Iowa State down, that could make Iowa State look like it underachieved this year. But in reality, it's probably right where – Talent-wise, I think that they're right there, three, four, five, and six. I think all those rosters are pretty similar. I think Iowa State has the edge because it's quarterback, and I think they have an edge because of its head coach. And I, I would insist the defensive line, although that's not going to get as much attention in a spot like this. But that that would be my biggest thing. Is I, I really don't see Iowa State dropping off that much, but I think that the middle of the pack, you know, just be just based off of Gary Patterson and Mike Gundy's track record, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, what I what I wouldn't want to happen is for that to happen, and then you know people get sour at Iowa State, which which could certainly be the case. But yeah, I just I don't. When you talk about that razor thin margin, I, I think that it's pretty close three through six in this league, and maybe even two through six. It kind of just depends on what your thought is on Texas. Those, those thoughts are all over the board right now. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really fun league. And, and frankly, I don't think Texas Tech's that far off either. I, I, I think Matt Wells is addition by subtraction there, which is crazy considering they fired their coach who's now in the National Football League. But I, I think Tech will be right there, and I think Wells will have that program right back up into bowl games before too long. All right, final thing for you, Chris. When I was with you last week on Fanatics, I posed a question to you. Of the four new coaches 
in the Big 12, who you like the most. Now, you've had a week to stew on this. I know it's been yeah. really the only thought that you've had in your mind, this great question from your boy TC. Who is it? Who, who of the four new coaches do you like long-term? It's, it's the one I told you last week. The more I thought about it, it's, it's Matt Wells in Texas Tech. I think he's really good. I don't necessarily think it's the best job, but I think he's the best coach. And he's a guy who, you know, if people have read my work at Fanatic over the years, like I've, like when they, when they were trying to hire Campbell, I mean, I was, I'm a Matt Wells guy. I, I now, in full disclosure, I know and a friend his brother, Luke, the offensive coordinator there, but because of that, I've really followed their Utah State teams. I've watched those Utah State teams a lot over the years and they they remind me a lot of Campbell's teams I mean they they don't necessarily out talent you but they they don't have many penalties they're they're disciplined I just think he's a solid coach he's from Oklahoma so he knows the Big 12 I think he fits really well there I would probably I like um, Kleeman and Neil Brown both a lot I think I like Brown a little bit better I'd put him second with with Kleeman and, and and Les Miles Listen, like it, it wouldn't shock me if he could like eventually get Kansas back into a bowl game or something and just kind of solidify that thing. But I, I mean, he, he's a weird, weird dude. <laughs> we all knew that. But his press conference yesterday was an absolute disaster. And he's more of a football coach than he is a PR guy. I understand that. I, I get it. He is the they call him the Mad Hatter for a reason. But it was a really poor display, and it didn't. It, what he said about his football team actually made me way more scared for Kansas than what he said about the Puka Williams situation. I mean, he was talking about defenses and switching to a 3-4, and he referenced them playing a 4-3 last year. They didn't even play a 4-3 last year. And I'm just uh, – I was flabbergasted by how poor he came off, and I know everybody else down here, mostly everybody felt the same way. So I would put him at a distance for it. That is scary. Chris Williams checking in from Dallas. Chris – be on today with the Fanatics starting at 4 o'clock. What else do you have coming up at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, um, yeah, so I've got those Feldman and Clatt interviews, which are, I, I thought, really insightful. I've gotten to know those guys fairly well over the years, and they're pretty comfortable. And, and for the Iowa fans, too, um, I, I actually spent half the time talking with Bruce Feldman about the Big Ten West in Iowa, mm-hmm. and that'll be on Fanatics later today. I didn't put that part in the Cyclone Fanatic podcast for obvious reasons. But yes, yes. So you'll be able to hear that. It's really interesting, his take on the Big Ten West, I thought. And then today, man, I'm just – it's kind of overwhelming uh, when Iowa State gets down here because, you know, there's just so much going on, like, in, in one time span, and then i got to catch a flight, but – I love this, man. This is what I got into this business for. I love just sitting here for two days and being able to to write and study these teams. And this is what I don't have to worry about advertising. I don't, <laughs> you know, how that yep. goes, man. I mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. So I, I'm my goal is to write like twenty thousand words about Big Twelve football here this week. So stay tuned for it. Good stuff. Thanks for your time today, Chris. Thanks, boys. I love you guys. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Chris Williams checking in from Dallas. Jerry World down there. We'll get a quick timeout coming back on the other side with more as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on 1460. Twenty-four hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO.
right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, final segment of the program today. Lots of good stuff from uh, Dallas. Hopefully Alex Halstead will be able to uh, wrap it up for us tomorrow as he mm-hmm. gets off his plane. And uh, fingers crossed, he'll give us uh, 10 minutes or so to uh, recap the day's events. You always remember our people that we have on the program their schedule when they're coming back from things, where they're going, where they're coming. What is it about it? Is it just something in your mind that you always that always I don't clicks know. with you? I don't know. Because you said, oh yeah, Alex will be back on Wednesday. How would you remember that? Because he, he told us during our conversation well, last sure, but I made a mental note. You're, you're, you're much better at that part of it than I am. Oh, we, it, uh, it comes with age, Trent. Oh, it does. I'd much rather not have it if that's the case. All right, we've got Cubs baseball tonight. Uh-huh. By the way, the Cardinals are in second place. Two games back. The Cardinals are in second place. Here come the Redbirds. Unbelievable. Right? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that this division is going to be so much fun to uh, to watch uh, as we head into the months of August and September. Alec Mills tonight uh, going for the Cubs. You're right about Colin Ray. but He, it's, should, it's, be, he, he should be. He should be. I agree with you. But it's All things that, equal. If and they're not equal. Right. It's 40 the 40-man roster yep. uh, that's preventing him because he had a huge night again last night. Uh, Randy was at the All-Star game. I saw some of the video stuff that he was tweeting on uh, his Twitter account. and um, He'll get his chance. I, I think so. I, I really do. I believe he will. Uh, Mike Montgomery's chances are over. As we know, he's been traded to the Cubs, or to the uh, Royals. Boy, the Cubs and the Royals have done some business, haven't they? Yeah, they have. That's a good point. Yeah, Soler is really having a nice year. He's one of the few bright spots in, in that organization. Him, Whit Merrifield? Yeah, he's another one for sure. But Soler, I thought Merrifield would. Soler's kind of had a uh, a career turnaround, uh, if you will. Uh, your Twins back in action tonight? They get the Mets, and uh-huh. they get the right side of the Mets, as it'll be the back side of that rotation. There's... But Wheeler is out now. He got yes. he was put was he put on the IL? I think he was. He was. He is going to be eligible, I think, to return on the 23rd. He could still make two more starts before the deadline to see. Because they're shopping him. He's good. Mm-hmm. They're also at least accepting phone calls on both Syndergaard and DeGrom. Boy, you have to. I mean, what's it going to take to get DeGrom? A ton, yeah, an absolute ton. You got to be wild to, to to get him away from there. I saw ESPN had an article: one player each team should trade either for or trade away. And uh, I think it was David Schofield went through every organization for the Twins. He had who they should acquire trade for trade in this for. case. Well, it's got to be a frontline starter. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Now we heard last week, uh, Falvey and Levine. Can't remember what side of the uh, the two headed monster there in a radio interview, said that they had three untouchables in their minor league system. Up for Noah Syndergaard? He's going to take one of those untouchables. You know probably going to take two of those untouchables. You know where Syndergaard started, right? You know where he was drafted? I do, but remind me. Blow Jays. Didn't need him. Yeah. I don't need him. <laughs> what, what part <clears throat> of a trade was he? I think he was the R.A. Dickey. I mean, Syndergaard yeah. and Travis Darno, the catcher. Oh, Wow. I w- I'm pretty sure. It's a pretty good haul. That was a hell of a haul. I yes. Mean, Dickey was 38 years old or whatever the hell he was. Knuckleballers, I get it. They mm-hmm. can pitch longer normally, but um, you know how'd that pay off? Uh, anyways, we'll see if Mills pays off tonight for this Cubs team. The, defensively, they were just atrocious yesterday. I, I can't kill Caratini. That ball was just, you know, it, it was, it's, it's back in the seats. 
any other day but yesterday because the wind was blow. It was gusting mm-hmm. out. Those home runs that Cincinnati hit yesterday. I mean, two real cheapies, real cheapies. Uh, but they they all count the same, right? When you look at the go back at the end of the year, that looks like a four hundred and forty footer. Um, but that wasn't the case yesterday. So we'll see. Hendricks pitched terrific yesterday. I thought this was the Kyle Hendricks. That before he got hurt, and I really thought that they rushed him back. Now his first start was um, brief because of the there was a rain delay in that game. I want to say in Pitts, was it Pittsburgh, wherever it was. Uh, they, his first start when he came back from the injured list, and then um, you know because he wasn't going to come back until after the All Star break. He was good yesterday. It was good to see. Uh, Brock was Brock, terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Strope was okay. But this Cincinnati team, you know how many they've taken out of the 10 against this? Uh, uh, how many they've lost to the Reds? Well, they went, the Reds went 2-1 two and two and one in all three series previous, right? Seven out of so 10 games have gone to 10. the Reds. Yeah. That would be the math. The last place team and the first place team and the cellar dwellers have been taking it to uh, the, the team at the top of the division. Like, I like Cincinnati. Buy stock in them. By stalking him. And Castillo last night was unbelievable. What's wrong with the Brewers? I watched them for a while last night. I thought they had a one, Trent. I was like you. I, that was the game I was going back to in the commercials. I'd flip over there. Look at the playing Atlanta. That, true. Fair point. Fair point. Was it Fried? Fried? How do you say that guy's name? Max Freed? Freed. It's Freed? I think so. Him. Mm-hmm. He was good. He's mm-hmm. good. But I don't know. Just this team, really, since that really hot start that they've had outside of Yelich. Is battling injury himself. They haven't been able to gain any traction. Is it the starting pitching catching up with them? Too much reliant here the last couple of years on that bullpen? Well, uh, you keep hitting the Brewers are going to make a move. Well, here we are. We're on the, what's today, 16th of July. There's It's two weeks from tomorrow. And then the trade deadline is shut down. Speaking of baseball, and we are, we're going to talk a lot more of it tomorrow with Cappy. We will get the latest from David Kaplan on the, on the Cubs. Do they have another move in them? We will certainly anticipate that's going to be the case. Is it going to be one that reverberates? Eh. I I don't know. I don't know if there is one of those. And Theo said yesterday they've got three pieces in their farm system right now at the top of it. There was there would have to be, you know, one of those guys like a Degrom. It's mm-hmm. not Degrom's not the answer, but uh, in order for them to gut this farm system, I'm not so sure. I don't know this. I, how do you beat the Dodgers? How do you beat the Dodgers? Is it? An impossible equation for everybody in the NL? It it seems like that to me. I mean, I I hate to anoint him here in the middle of July, but man, oh man, they're salty. All right, Murph and Andy coming up at 2, then the Fanatics at 4. Tomorrow, the morning rush will get things going again tomorrow a.m. 